Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the sacrament of baptism. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I have my theological smackdown warriors. Wow. I didn't even know what to say. <laughs> we to need that. to like to have some like EDM intro music now. Yeah. You know. Well no, I wait, is I that thinking... Brian Ricky's music? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was explaining walk up music to my kids the other day for baseball. Yeah. Oh, that that's something the uh mm-hmm. the generations don't really appreciate anymore. Yeah. I uh yeah. Wow, we're already gone on this episode. <laughs> so much for staying focused, huh? Oh my yeah, goodness, yeah. Right. So yeah. how about vocation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. So we have Pastor Brett yeah, Bo, right. Pastor Jason Good, and Pastor Brian Rickey, and yeah. we're continuing to talk about the wonderful sacrament yes. of baptism. And we're doing fun. so by keeping it yeah. to each question right. in the parts of mm-hmm. uh, bapt- on baptism in the, the small catechism. Four parts. Four main parts on baptism. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought mm-hmm. you'd say we're... Keeping it real. We know. are keeping it real. We're, we keeping are relevant real and, and authentic. We are missional and incarnational. Positive encouragement. We are sacramental. Oh, man. We are. What other theological buzzwords are out there? We positive are, and encouraging. We are missional. <laughs> well, I already did missional. Okay, we, are, we are Jesus calling. Oh, man. In the shack, God stop. forgive us with the no, prayer stop, of Jabez. Stop. Oh no, <laughs> that's a bridge okay, too far. Okay, I, I put my foot down there. <laughs> yeah. Stop at the heresy. Let's go yes. forward. All right, in, in biblical baptism. It's, it's yes, like, yes. let's yes. have our best life now. And oh. maybe I should say apostasy. Every day is a Friday thirteenth. <laughs> Can we just start I over? I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> that's a Babylon B. Is it every yeah. day is Friday? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, over. so I'm going to read the catechism before we get too carried away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too carried away? I think we went we, further. We crossed we, that bridge we, yeah, a few minutes ago, man. Long gone, boy. <laughs> so the, the third question related to baptism. <laughs> through it, Brett. That, <laughs> so Luther just got through talking about what does baptism deliver, mm-hmm. talking about salvation. So the follow-up question from that. How can water do such great things? It's almost like he was anticipating. It's genius. Yeah. Uh, And he says this answer. It is not the water indeed that does them, but the word of God, which is in the water and faith, which trusts this word of God in the water. For without the word of God, the water is simply water and no baptism. But with the word of God, it is a baptism. That is a gracious water of life and a washing of regeneration in the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul says in Titus chapter 3, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy. Amen. 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 All right. How can water do such great things? It is not the water indeed that does them. Okay. So I I always think of just the logistics of filling the baptismal font Mm. when I hear this one, but yeah, it's, it's it's definitely not the water. I guess that's what I think is like, oh, it's tap water from the church. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah, it's one of my favorite Sunday school things when I take Mm -hmm. one of the students back and turn on the sink Mm -hmm. 
and fill the <laughs> baptismal. So in right. our font, we have this giant font, and then there's a bowl inside mm-hmm. the font that is permanently there. And then we actually, to raise the water up even a little bit further, we have a like a cup. Oh. On a, a, a on a pedestal that I can just take out and fill that with water and set mm-hmm. it in, and it sets in the mm-hmm. font itself. And uh, you know the kids are waiting for a, how awesome this is. Tank. And no, we don't have a tank. We have, we have a- <laughs> oh, oh my goodness, vicious! <laughs> uh, I still want to start over. I just want to say that for the that's, record. That's your new catchphrase. Listener, phrase, by if the this way. is your first episode, I am so sorry. <laughs> Go back so a few. Sorry. Last no, episode was last way episode. better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, yes. we actually have we have a font and it is movable. It's like made out of marble. It is the oh, heaviest cool. thing oh my goodness. ever. It wow. is like ridiculous. Ours is made heavy. out of oak. <laughs> um, but in that, we have a bowl that's removable. Mm-hmm. And yep. again, yeah, same. as you, I go to the tap and yep. you know, turn the water same on. It, it is so disappointing. <laughs> There's <laughs> no, nothing more special than filling no, it whole, water. No holy water, um, no, uh, no water imported from some... Israel location. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, pro tip for you future pastors out there. Yes. When you fill up the font before the service, hot water. Yes, I was going to say Not the even same with warm thing. water. Yeah. Hot, hot water. It cools and it off. will cool off and you won't freak the baby out with ice cold water when you yeah. put it on the head of the service. One of the best oh, pieces is, of advice. So we're, 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 we're pulling back the curtain. In mine. No. Hey, you said you, we were practical. Yeah, we were, we're pulling back the curtain on the Wizard of Oz today. I tell you what. I'm with you on that. Oh. Yeah. No, well, it, 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 all of these things just show that it's not about the water. It's... You know, well, yeah. I mean, the water it, is there. It's it's a physical object. You know, what we, makes it a sacrament where there's a physical object connected to yeah, God's this, word. We even talked about this before. I think it was off mic. Where you know, a lot of even Lutherans or even other you know Christians from other denominations, they have no problem with the presence of the Holy Spirit or the presence of Christ mm-hmm. in the sacrament of of Holy Communion or Communion, Lord's Supper. But why why do we have such a problem with it here? Mm-hmm. Why, why is it okay in communion, but why isn't it okay for baptism? Because it's the babies. It's the babies. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because we didn't do something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. It's it's the nature mm-hmm. that, you know, you baptize a baby and that baby is bringing nothing mm-hmm. to the it's table. It's a perfect picture of it's God's grace. It's perfect of coming to of what faith looks of like. Of being yeah. dead in our trespasses and sins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exactly it. And and you, we have, you know, we could do a whole Bible study on Ephesians 2, mm-hmm. 1 through 10. And that. Which but, I think we have. We have to look back through our archives, but. Yeah. But. It's, I mean, that's the situation, I think. And, and we had a couple of questions for the Q&A that would be mm-hmm. uh, applicable here. And we'll check mm-hmm. a couple more off our list. Yeah. And a couple of different people asked, what is so offensive about Lutheran theology? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I really think here, kind of leaning on what you were saying a little bit, Brian, but it's just the ordinariness of it all. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's just water. <laughs> you know? I think it's the lack of do. Yeah. Well, yeah. it, it, I, I think that's what's the most offensive it's, part uh, of, yep. of of Lutheran the, theology the is that there's no checklist and people want a checklist. They want like this little list of things that they can go out to do to make themselves mm-hmm. feel better about themselves, mm-hmm. whether it's behavior modification, moralism or whatever. Yeah. Um, they want something to do. And even in the Gospel of John, people ask Jesus, what, what do we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus is like, belief. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 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 the do, and, and it's why all those sermons, like eight biblical ways to manage your money, mm-hmm. are always way more popular than the faithful pastor in Podunk, North Dakota, 
who preaches Christ crucified. No offense, There's, North Dakota. No offense to the town's name Podunk either. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 that, it's the do, but it's the ordinariness of it. And, yeah. and where, where I was going with that is that we are all functional Gnostics. We we hate the ordinary. We hate the normal. Mm-hmm. We want everything to be super spiritual, super mystical, super mysterious. We want it to be special. We want it to be significant. This <laughs> is where the abuse of the word authentic comes. And for the ordinary person, what is a Gnostic? Mm-hmm. For the ordinary person, a Gnostic, just go back to... I didn't mean that offensively. Oh, <laughs> yeah, boy. Right. I didn't mean that like arrogant, you, like, oh, we're you so elitist. special because I know <laughs> yeah, what Gnostic right. means. I meant for the person who doesn't know what Gnostic means, it means. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just start over? Right? <laughs> okay, yeah, jerk face. This is what it means. We're already so uh, many minutes in. If you if you want to if you, if you really want a a long session on it, go back to our mm-hmm. it was like episode three or four yeah, was on good. the Apostles' Creed. We talked yep. about Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. A Gnostic was a heretic, uh, a group of heretics in from the first, second, and third century, the very earliest times of Christian faith. Uh, Gnostics, uh, two traits to a Gnostic, and again, it's not a formed, organized heresy. Mm-hmm. It's just a tendency. Mm-hmm. Uh, first is an elevation of the spiritual over the material. Mm-hmm. Uh, so material things bad, spiritual good. Uh, and second emphasis is on created, or not created, special, uh, unmediated communication with God, secret yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Secret knowledge. And, and I think a lot of the rejection of the sacraments uh, in, and the, the, the move away from them is because there's not that element. You go and you get baptized and it's just water. It's not even holy water. It's mm-hmm. not, we don't have a special tap at church. We don't have a special distilling process. We don't, we, we you know, we, we don't <laughs> boil it in a bowl that was blessed by St. Peter uh, and yes. handed down. Or spring water or, or yeah, some spring in so Asia. Or just completely <laughs> it, uh, listen to Jim Gaffigan's. Yes. Uh, bit on bottled water and and, <laughs> yeah. and and the point is that it's not the water it's not yeah, the water right and it's not the pastor yeah right but it but so and so at the same time you a flesh and blood sinful man mm-hmm. applies normal water consisting two parts hydrogen one part oxygen to a flesh and blood person of whatever age including infants mm-hmm. and god uses that ordinary almost mm-hmm. crass event to deliver his promises. Mm-hmm. I like how you, you connect the, the seemingly foolishness of baptism to the foolishness of walking around the uh, Jericho, the walls of yeah. Jericho. But it, it, I, I preached a sermon like that and I, someone, uh, it was at a Bible camp and someone was incredibly offended. Hmm. And, and I, I asked them point blank, why are you offended? It's in the Bible. I mean, mm-hmm. no one has any problem about Jericho. Mm-hmm. And yet God says, this water, I'm going to deliver my promise. Mm-hmm. And, and the church loses its mind. Uh, another way, and I think here is the appropriate way too, the, the second way, non-sacramental way I use to see the sacraments, and I believe we've talked about this mm-hmm. before, I'm almost positive, uh, is Daniel we're, 6. We're starting to sound old. Yeah, we're old. I think I've talked it's, about this before. It's, we've got, we, we're, we're starting to get, you know, lose our podcast memory a little bit. But... <laughs> Daniel chapter six, and this is one. This was one of those boom light bulb moments for me when I was preparing the study for my congregation. Daniel six explains the sacraments, and it works like this: Daniel six, Daniel the lion's den. Everyone's known the story since we're four years old. I mean, there isn't a, even a terrible 
children's Bible story book that doesn't have Daniel in the lion's den. <laughs> uh, but the, the setup for it is that Daniel's rivals, his political rivals, convinced King Darius to sign an edict that said for 30 days, no one in the kingdom is allowed to pray to God, mm-hmm. uh, but instead must pray to the king. And they did this because they knew what Daniel would do. Sure enough, Daniel hears the edict, hears that the king has signed it, and what does he do? He prays to God. Well, yes, that's not all of it, though. What does he do? He goes to his room, to the window that faces Jerusalem, and he prays toward the temple when he prays to God. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would Daniel do something like that? And if you don't know scripture, that's just a weird detail to include. It, it, it almost sounds Muslim. Yeah, Muslims right. always pray Angle. facing yep. Mecca. Mecca. It's, it's, I, I, I would imagine, and, and this is a little bit uncharitable, but it's probably true. I would imagine there are fundamental Baptists somewhere in this country that are totally uncomfortable with that detail in scripture because it sounds so Muslim. Hmm. But Daniel does that because 1 Kings 8 and 9 are in the Bible. 1 Kings 8, Solomon is dedicating the temple. And in his dedication, he prays this prayer that basically says, if all manner of terrible things happen to your people because they're sinful idiots, uh, and they remember your faithfulness, and they repent, and they pray towards this place where you are revealing your presence and where you have revealed your name, hear their prayer and answer them. That's the whole contents of 1 Kings 8. 1 Kings 9, the very first couple of verses, God says, absolutely. People pray to this, I will hear their prayer. Okay. Why does Daniel pray toward Jerusalem? Because it's the source of the promise. Now, the great thing is we can apply all of the exceptions, all of the objections to baptism here. If, ba- if Daniel had heard about the edict and he was in a forest and didn't know which direction was southwest or whatever way the temple was, I don't have my Middle East geography memorized, would God still have heard his prayer? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. If we pray today a prayer of forgiveness, if we confess our sins and forgive, does God still forgive our sins? Yes. And then so the objection is, why do we need baptism? Why did Daniel pray? Why did he take the time to go to his room in private and pray towards the temple? Because that's where the promise was. Well, it's the word of God too. It's the word of God. Mm -hmm. But why do we baptize? Because that's where the promise is. Mm -hmm. God has revealed his promise. Mm Mm-hmm in his word, and it's for our comfort. Okay. It is not the water indeed that does them, but the word of God, which is in the water and faith, which tusts the word of God in the water. God tells us something. We believe it because by the grace of God, Mm -hmm. he's caused us to believe it and we are saved. It's not magic water. Mm -hmm. It's not an especially gifted pastor. It's the promise. And that's probably where a lot of Christians get off uh, off kilter on this is they don't see the promise being in baptism. They see the the law in, in baptism. Like we must do this. We must do this. And they see the law. They see the ordinary. They mm-hmm. see the elements. And again, it goes back to, we are functional Gnostics. Mm-hmm. We, when, when you are baptized, and especially if you're baptized as a baby, you do not have a, a tangible emotional experience mm-hmm. to carry with you. Mm-hmm. A vast majority of Lutherans and Roman Catholics and 
pedo baptism reformed mm-hmm. people. Pedo meaning infant baptism. Infant, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really trying to sound smart there. Vast majority Sorry. of people in, in the church uh, of this nature don't remember the day of their baptism. How can that be useful to you in your faith? Mm-hmm. How can that be useful? Because it's outside of me. Mm-hmm. I look with fondness on the various Bible camp messages I actually remember that had an impact on my life. Mm-hmm. I look with fondness on being in Galilee Bible Camp in northwestern Minnesota and hearing the pastor preach a sermon about hell and then immediately march us out to the biggest bonfire I remember seeing <laughs> and me remembering I didn't want to go to hell. I look with fondness on that. Mm-hmm. But that feeling went away. Mm-hmm. The, the desire I had after every Bible camp I went to in high school for me to evangelize the world all faded by the next Monday or Tuesday when I went back to baseball practice or whatever it would be in the summer. What doesn't go away is the date of my baptism mm-hmm. because it can't, because it's an event that happened outside of me and even because I was baptized as an infant beyond my control. Mm-hmm. And yet God has placed his promise there. Mm-hmm. It is happening and to I can you. cling to mm-hmm. it. Yep. And that mm-hmm. would be, you know, as we talked about last episode, mm-hmm. your response to rebaptism mm-hmm. is that calling that promise illegitimate. Yeah, right. Yep. Or not efficacious or mm-hmm. effective. And yep. then we look at the quote then from Titus chapter oh, three. Good stuff. And we are reminded, and we covered this in the first episode in this arc, that God's word does what it says it does. Mm-hmm. So we are washed clean. We have the, the symbol of it happening for us in the, the visible tangible water, but our sins are gone. Mm-hmm. And our sins are gone. We are forgiven in baptism by the promise in God's word, by the effectiveness of God's word, by God's ability and willingness and grace and mercy to forgive us. And that's where the promise is, and we cling to it. Hmm. Yeah, and can you guys think of other passages beyond the Titus passage that touch on this? Not that the Titus passage doesn't, but just want to keep building on that. First Peter 3.22, mm-hmm. the verse that comes after the baptism now saves us, yep. not as a washing yes. of dirt from the flesh. Mm-hmm. That, that is in the same mold. In the, yep. the Galatians 3.27 yeah. is a good one. Being Those who are baptized have been clothed with Christ. You know, you have that idea. Something is actually happening to you yep. in baptism. And it's the idea mm-hmm. of imputation. Mm-hmm. That in baptism, you are given Christ's righteousness as your own. Mm-hmm. It is counted. It's 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 credited to you. Jesus jacket. Yeah. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Sorry, wow. that was one of my confirmation students from two years ago. <laughs> but you know why why we say it that way is that Romans six three and four say says mm-hmm. that baptism is our connection. Yeah. To Christ's to the death and resurrection. Death and resurrection. Yeah. yeah. It keeps coming back to that. It keep, yep. You know, it's it's exactly. And, and I mean, one of the the helpful tools I, I've given to anyone who's really wrestling with the the, the doctrine of baptism, the Lutheran idea of baptism from the scriptures. Just open up your concordance in your back of your Bible. doesn't even have to be like one of those separate concordances that weigh 18 and yeah, a half pounds. Yeah, huge. But just whatever your Bible is given. A lot of people have study Bibles or, mm-hmm. you know, just look up all the references in the New Testament to baptism. Mm-hmm. And, when, and by doing that, we're actually... For, for the purposes of this exercise, we're not using Titus 3. We're not using John yeah. 3 where it's alluded to, right. not specifically stated. So look at all the times baptism is referred to in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. 
take out all of the times when someone is just simply baptized mm-hmm. and look to only the places where the theology of baptism is proclaimed mm-hmm. and ask yourself with what is described in the text, is this describing something I am doing? Yeah. Or is this describing something God has done for me? Mm-hmm. And it is amazing. I mean, you, you start with the Matthew uh, 28 passage, the, mm-hmm. the Great Commission, okay? And you go from there, you have Mark, and then the, the seal, the mm-hmm. one that seals the deal, you only get to Acts chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you and your children mm-hmm. and for all who are far off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right there. And I can't do anything to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I can't do anything to prepare myself for the Holy Spirit. God isn't waiting for me. Yeah. What he's done, he's already done for me. And that just is consistent with, again, Ephesians 2, that you are dead in your trespasses and sins. And yep. I ask my congregation this often, what can a dead person do to save themselves? Yeah, right. And the answer is nothing. Yep. Yeah, but in, and we've used the illustration on this too. Lazarus. Yep. The, the Lazarus, mm-hmm. or you know, imagine if someone uh, developed an antidote to death. That, would, that wouldn't create zombies, but that would bring someone back to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but imagine that, that that antidote, that elixir, only worked on someone who is already dead. You know, a living person doesn't need it, right? Now imagine if that person went into a graveyard and said, who here wants this elixir? Well, I see that hand, and I see that hand, <laughs> I see that. That's not how it works, Right. That's, that's not what it is. It's mm-hmm. we're dead mm-hmm. and God must come to us. Mm-hmm. God must have mercy on us. Mm-hmm. He's not waiting for us, not waiting for permission. Is We must be confronted mm-hmm. with the proclamation of his word for it to right. have any value for us. Yep. And I, I mentioned last episode, I, I think we need to talk about the the idea of divine monergism, but maybe another thing that's connected to that is we don't have a strong enough opinion of how dead we are yeah. or, or that we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe we would borrow from the Calvinists today the total depravity. Sure. We're, sure. Or or we can borrow from Monty Python. Or not Monty Python. No, no, that's not one. <laughs> what? Uh, Monty Python, I'm not dead yet. Uh, not that one. The one I always think about is the Princess Bride. He's yeah. not all dead. He's only mostly dead. <laughs> you know, and then to blaze. Yes, yes. Uh, no, it's, yeah, we have a very high opinion of ourselves yep. in our death. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we think we're even if it's one one thousandth of one percent, some kind of zombie. We want to take credit for something, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. is the idolatry of original sin in mm-hmm. our sinful nature. Yeah, that's that's not uh, an earnest desire to help God. It's we in the end want to worship ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, we should probably wrap up this episode, Brian. You have a, a verse for us. Yeah, we're talking about Galatians. I thought that'd be good to read. Yeah, that. Galatians good. chapter three, good beginning at verse twenty three. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Mm -hmm. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. 
for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are all Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself wrap up our discussion on the sacrament of baptism. God bless you and have a great week.